0: And I really have to say I am grateful that we have two services, one after the other, because you can really see the power and the glory of God rising, and so it's so much fun. And I am sure the Lord will minister to each one of us. And a big warm welcome to everyone who's watching via TOS TV.
1: You're missing out
0: on the 2 p.m. service, but all the more you are part of the 4 p.m. service. And just one notice, Guido mentioned, I believe, because, of course, we can't call you to come forward. Usually we have an altar call to pray for you at the altar. But what we do have is a very powerful uh, alternative in the tabernacle, there is a ministry team, you can go there and still keep the Corona distance and it is very anointed and there are also the Zoom rooms available. So if you're here with us online, we would love to pray for you and with you and then the Zoom room is the place where you're welcome after the service. My message today the word I would like to share, I don't think I've ever spoken on it, it's a very unusual word, but also maybe a word that you kind of got stuck on before. You find it in the Old Testament, in Second Kings two, nineteen to twenty
1: five. And let me read that to you. So from there,
0: Elisha went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, some youths came out of the town and jeered at him. Go up, you, uh, you bald head, they said, go on up, you bald head. He turned around, looked at them and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youths. And he went on to Mount Carmel and from there returned to Samaria. So, my friends, I'm obviously, I'm not preaching this because it uh, is my personal experience but this is one of the most difficult stories, you know, because of such a small thing, so many of the children, 42 of them, die
1: and they are judged. So, bald head, you know, obviously, that's a
0: deep uh, insult to someone's personality.
1: And
0: so I was thinking about it and researching, you know, first of all, not in the Bible, I have to admit, but on the internet, what Can you find on being bald? And I was wondering why uh, are those who have a bald head are more blessed than those with lots of hair? And I found that bald people are very peaceful people because they can't get into each other's hair.
1: Or secondly. I I really like that. There are many more sayings, but I can't read all of that. The Lord made many
0: different heads. And whatever he kind of uh, thought was misshapen, he covered with hair. Okay, anyone who's got only very little hair, can you wave at me? Can you say amen? Well, of course, it's not quite the truth, but, you know, freedom for everyone who is uh, uh, wearing a bald head. Anyway, but how I came about this Bible passage is a serious uh, background because on Pentecost Monday I was really praying and I had a powerful time in the presence of God and somehow in the meantime in between I watched a video clip on YouTube and you found a conservative Christian singer he had dance movements and I thought it was quite funny actually the way it looked and I thought oh well I will share this with my family online and then everyone can laugh about it. And when I was about to do that, the Holy Spirit admonished me and said, stop Joms. Do you really want others to laugh about something? that this person did because of a heart of love to me and I was shocked and I said Holy Spirit what do you mean and how do I find that in the Bible and so I went into an extended time of prayer and the Holy Spirit taught me something about uh, jeering or mocking someone to laugh at someone you see if you start laughing at someone that can take a very evil end and the Holy Spirit spoke to me very seriously about judgment that begins in the house of God so wherever you mock certain things or if you raise yourself up against other, or if you jeer at things that are holy to me if you don't fear me, there you will reap judgment. And somehow that wasn't a very comfortable word. I didn't like that on Pentecost Monday. But I sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit in it. And the Lord said to me, You know, in so many places that you love so strongly, I also speak about the same topic. For instance, Psalm 1 Blessed is the one who does not sit in the seat of mockers. Yeah, okay.
1: Or Second
0: Peter three verse three. Most of all, you are to know that in the last days, mockers will arise who follow their own hearts. And then, all of a sudden, this word becomes so clear when we t- take a look at a different translation. Mainly, it says you are to know that in these last days, scoffers will come who consider nothing sacred and who follow just their own evil desires. They laugh at everything and they are only driven by their own lusts. So let me take a closer look at this story of Elisha together with you. This story to many is something they're really upset with. Many have really problems with the topic. And we have to know that before that we see Elijah taken up to heaven. And some people, when they just hear this topic, they close their shutters. But I want to tell you, righteousness and justice is only where we understand judgment. And the justice of Jesus and grace of Jesus we can only understand once we understand what is this thing with judgment. And so before we take a look at the story here, just a few general thoughts. And the question is, what do you want to what position do you want to take concerning the Bible? So either I put my focus on ideas of God according to the Bible, or I draw up my own picture and try and fit God into my own image. Do you understand the difference? So if my ideas of God Uh, go along with the Bible, I say, yes, I accept what the Bible says. And if my own ideas and images are different, then I have a problem with the Bible. Is it really what the Bible says here? So the question right here in the beginning is, what takes precedence in my life? What has the first position? Does the Bible dictate who is God, and I take all of my intellect and reasoning and minds, I take it captive to the Word of God, or can I pick and choose whatever I like? And of course, there are many, many things, the love and the grace of God, the good things, those I love, that's beautiful, but what do I do about the other things?
1: And my friends, right at the
0: beginning here, I determined to take the Word of God and accept it, and I will focus all of my ideas and thoughts and reasoning according to the Word of God, the Bible, and I don't want the Bible to have to fit into my ideas. And so that's how it is, you know, when I then come across Bible passages that would be upsetting to me or I don't understand. And there are many Bible passages that are not easy to understand. There are Bible passages that I still don't understand after 10, 20, 30 years, and then I put a question mark there. And then I don't say, nah, that can't be possible, and I rip it out. But I say, my intellect, my reasoning has to bow to the Word of God. And then a second comment I want to give you
1: because, because many read this story and say, Yops, obviously this is in the, the Old Testament. Uh,
0: nothing to do with the God of the New Testament. doesn't go with a God of love, the gra- a God of the grace. God many people say, say that before. in the New Testament there is no judgment. But actually that's false te- teaching, that's not true. And many times we come under a humanistic yeah, uh, uh, narrowing which is not true to the Word of God, because first, Peter 4, verse 17 Now is the time when judgment begins with the house of God. So that means first of all with us. But then, what will the end be for those who do not believe the Gospel? So, to start off with here, there are stories in the Bible that are very difficult for our reasoning. Sometimes we take offence. We take offence and it's hard for us and then we just go on but to the next story but if that's true that is actually the best, the best sign that the Lord wants to and speak to you, you through, next, this. This, and you you through this. this and if you find that such, such a passage it's the best sign that God wants to speak and so it's really really important that we take a closer look at this story So first of all, we see that this is about a town called Bethel, verse 23. From there, Elisha went up to Bethel. So Bethel, of course, we know that, 17 kilometers north of Jerusalem, and in Hebrew, it's the house of God. And of course, we only have great ideas of Bethel. We heard from Frank today. We didn't uh, agree before that, so he had his message on the offering on Bethel. But yes, it's a great place. Jacob spent the night there when he fled from Esau. He was on the way from Beersheba to Haran. He put his head on a stone and then in his dream he sees the heavens open and he sees the ladder leading up to heaven and in every children's Sunday school we read about this we hear about this a wonderful story of the ladder with angels ascending and descending and the Lord speaks to him, and he gives him the very promise that he already gave to Abraham. 1 Genesis uh, 12, the land upon your lying I want to give to you, and your generation shall be like the dust upon the earth, and you shall spread to the east and the west, north and south, and through you and your descendants all nations on the earth shall be blessed.
1: Wow, that
0: was the beginning of Bethel. But unfortunately, my friends, this story takes a very bad turn. The story of Bethel did not remain this way. Unfortunately,
1: when there are places of blessing, it's not guaranteed that they will
0: remain places of blessing for the next 100 or 50 years. And that's what happened to Bethel.
1: So when King Solomon died,
0: Israel was divided in the northern and southern kingdom of Judah. And the southern kingdom had the capital of Jerusalem, the place of the temple and worship. The people went there, they brought sacrifices. It was a spiritual center. The northern kingdom
1: didn't have a place like that. Uh, King
0: Rehoboam was reigning there. They did not have a temple. They had no center of worship. And therefore, everyone, all the people who lived in the northern kingdom still kept going down to Jerusalem to bring sacrifices because that was the center. They wanted to worship there. They wanted to be there. But King Jeroboam really had a problem with that.
1: And he said, No, that won't work, you know. Because if they
0: keep going down to Jerusalem in the south, I will lose them. And so he thought how to control the people. And so he built a wall. That's what's still happening today, right? You try to divide something, and he created a new religion. And that's what he said we need to create something new. And so he created two sanctuaries one in Dan and one in Bethel. And we read that in First Kings 12, verse 26 to
1: 30. So I'll, let me read this to you, because this is such a dramatic picture.
0: Jeroboam now thought to himself, and he worried. He said, if I don't do anything, I shall lose my kingdom again to the descendants of David. For if these people keep going off to Jerusalem over and over again to sacrifice at the temple of the Lord, the people will a- turn again to their former Lord, the king of Ju- Judah, and they will recognize Rehoboam as their king. They will kill me and return to king the king of Judah. And And so Jeroboam thought what he could do against this. So he had two golden golden calves prepared and said to the people, you need no longer to go up to to the the temple in Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt.
1: One he set up in
0: Bethel and the other one in Dan. And this thing became a sin. And so that's it for now, so he made golden calves and Bethel suddenly was right in the center of Israel and it became a place of idolatry.
1: So it's interesting. So let's stop
0: here for a moment.
1: False images of God,
0: idol worship, idol service in a town, in a city always results and if uh has effects on the population it can never be anything neutral we need to be aware of that
1: if god's not in the center of everything we can
0: expect a flood of sin and so bethel was a had become a godless city you can read that in jeremiah 48 because the northern kingdom was bitterly disappointed when they trusted in their idols in Bethel. So that's Bethel. That's the city where Elisha came. A city where sin reigned and ruled. And praise the Lord, there was a small group in the city, the disciples of the prophets. It probably was a school of prophets that even Elijah had founded. And they lived there. But can you imagine how they were mocked when they lived there? You know, the city all around them in idolatry, living in sin. Can you imagine what happened
1: there? And
0: I am convinced that it was only Elijah who was able to keep them in check, because Elijah, he was a real battle axe. He was
1: tough and
0: he kept them in check, but that time was over now because Elijah was taken away in fiery chariots to heaven. He had been taken into heaven and And now now there is his successor, Elisha.
1: And, and everybody Lisa.
0: looks at him and says, oh, Elisha, wow, successor. Well, the shoes are much too big for him. He d- he can't walk in them. And then he wears the mantle of Elijah, oh dear, the cloak. Everyone looks at him and says, wow, can this possibly work? Is the anointing really upon him? So Elisha here is the successor and now everyone laughs at him and so at first there's 42 young people I'll call them a street gang for now and you know with 42 people that really is a very well-planned program they have and you think wow I read it differently here What I read here is the young boys, the youth, or Luther writes in his translation, so let's take a look at those children, Luther writes the little boys, Naar katan. Is Hebrew for it. So there's different word meanings here, as it's often the case in Hebrew. And we can compare it to Solomon. He was 20 years old when he became Kim, and he said about himself, here I am Narar-Katan. So Solomon, when he was 20 years old, said, here I am, a little boy. Well, well, you 20-year-olds, you probably won't agree with me here. And in the Bible we see that even the shield-bearer of David was a Na'ar-Katan. And so in the war we don't didn't have the 8 or 10 year old boys, but they were young men. And so you can assume that they were between 18 and 22 years old, young men in their prime. They were at the age of soldiers. And so when you see here how they gathered together, 42 young men, mocking, despising the people of God, mocking Elisha.
1: So that seems to have been
0: something planned in advance. So not just five or six playing young boys who play soccer or do rugby or whatever. And then they see Elisha coming along and they laugh about the bald head. No, no, that was something quite different. They were mocking and jeering at him. And so we need to take a look at what it does it mean to jeer at someone. So they looked down at him, they despised him and said, come up, you bald head, come up, you bald head.
1: Or in a d- another
0: translation, bald head, come up. So first of all,
1: Elisha did did live 50 more years, you know, he was
0: still quite young at that time. He wasn't an old uh, grandpa with no hair anymore, but
1: he was a man who knew that he had a
0: responsibility now that he needed to keep up. And the question was, why was this mockery so bad? Why is bald so bad? I can't tell you quite exactly, but I assume one thing that I can really imagine. In the Old Testament you can read that God said that the priests in Israel were not to have a bald head, because otherwise they'd be considered unclean. And probably, if we listen carefully, they said, you unclean person, you cursed one, look at yourself, look at your hair, they, they, your, your uh, idiosyncrasies. And so they st- started finding their hairs in the soup, you know, they, they had hairs on their teeth, basically. They started accusing him of so many things. Maybe that's what happened.
1: I don't know, I wasn't there. But Mm,
0: To me, it seems like it it took that direction. But what's even more important here now is the second part.
1: So go on up. Usually
0: you would say, well, yes, come up, come to us. But that's not what it says, actually. But this come up actually was uh alluding to Elijah going and up so to heaven. heaven, so just imagine the when Elijah know. was taken up to heaven, and there were witnesses and they were all they all knew about it and now this gang know. mocked but him and know.
1: said, now go, go, go away, go you know. just
0: Vanish, go away. We don't want you. We don't want you. Like, Elisha is no longer here. Elijah is no longer here. Go away. And so, this tremendous, amazing miracle, the manifestation of the glory of God, they just mocked it. It was just a joke to them. And somehow I think this is something that's still happening today. How quickly this can happen in the church amongst us as believers. God is working tremendous miracles. He brings healing. Sometimes in hiding, sometimes in practical terms, sometimes visibly, sometimes invisibly. You know, God's favor, we see it. We see His blessings. People who are saved, who are changed, who are set free from drugs tremendous stories of people who are touched by the love of God. When we look to South America, there is food that's given out. People are touched by God and others mock it. They are despising it. So we would exalt ourselves above what we don't like. We resist and we mock those things that are holy to God. We use everything at our disposal to work against it. Maybe nobody sees it, but inside we've got handbrakes pulled tight, all of our mistrustful thoughts, all the conspiracy theories that we have, all these negative thoughts.
1: Unfortunately,
0: there are many Christian haters of God and haters of the church, mockers. And this is how these young men were like. So they were mocking and jeering. They resisted everything that was holy to God. And there was an atmosphere behind this. And you know, sometimes we don't stand for ourselves, but we are simply the product. We mirror what's going on all around us. And this is what seemed to have happened here. They were the mirror of a city that had started worshipping idols. And if we take a look at the next point, what happened then?
1: This This
0: cursing Elisha turned around, looked at them and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And then two bears, female bears, came out of the woods and mauled 42 of them. And so what we've learned, and many of us have learned that in Veil of Silence seminars, especially when we think about Genesis 12 verses 1 to 3, that there are different uh, Hebrew terms for cursing. And so here the Hebrew word of Kalal is used. And there is one form of curse. When I'm under God's curse, I'm in a desert. I'm in a form of condemnation where I don't get out of by myself. But then there is Kalal.
1: And the form of Kalal
0: is indifferent or despising something. To be insignificant. And what I see here Elisa is Elijah
1: young men in half not calling for the death of
0: these young men the but he simply
1: hands them, them over to God's, God's judgment. And
0: this is something we also find in the, the New Testament, the Testament right? We see it in first, uh, first Corinthians 5 three to five, we see the church in Corinth, they had real problems. There was uh, impurity, immorality, and there was someone who had his father's wife. And he thought he could keep on living like this. And he says, well, there's forgiveness of sins, I, I can do it like this. But Paul says here, And it's really harsh what he says. And you are to hand him over to Satan for the perdition of his flesh so his spirit can be saved. That's harsh, right? And you find that in the New Testament. So judgment in the New Testament is something that's so crucial because it's only through judgment grace can come. Revelation 14 verse 6, he spoke with a big voice. Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. And so this is what Elijah does. He hands over the mockers to God's judgment. He doesn't even say what should happen. He leaves it up to God. The way that God's judgment comes is not his business. And so, my friends, I'm convinced there is a time over and over again where God draws a line and says, that's it, especially when it's about... Uh, jeering and mocking and lying. So when God is admonishing us as Christians, children of God, as His Church,
1: and He keeps telling us, don't
0: be among the mockers, among those who jeer, among those who exalt themselves, amongst those who exalt themselves above what I am doing and who resist Me. God keeps His Word. God keeps his word.
1: Isn't that strange? In Leviticus 6 we can read,
0: And if you act against me, if you don't want to listen to me, I will keep punishing you sevenfold for your sins, and I will send wild beasts amongst you who shall eat and devour your children. Wow. That's hundreds of years before. So God keeps his word. He says, if you resist me and still resist me and still, if you don't listen to my word, if you don't want to hear, I accept it. It's your life, your decision, but everyone will have to bear the consequences. That's what we read here. If you have given your life to Jesus... If you know that you are saved by the grace of Jesus, you accept forgiveness of sin. You can rely on it. You are saved. You are in his hand. Neither hypes nor deaths, nor powers or authorities can tear you away from his hand. The devil can't tear you away. These words are true for time and eternity, but also the words of judgment. The Lord keeps his word. Hundreds of years had passed, and suddenly you see this become reality. So let me tell you something, why I am preaching this message. Because that Pentecost Monday, I mentioned it in the beginning of my message, I was in God's presence and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He taught me about this passage.
1: And the Lord said to me, what we have lost
0: at this time is the fear of the living God
1: we are very quick to put away words of judgment and say it's the Old Testament. But you
0: see, when you look at Revelation, you find different things to bears. You have the trumpet call and the people say, mountains fall upon us. We cannot hide from the wrath of God. But they did not repent. You see that all over the New Testament. Yes, the God of grace, the God of mercy and compassion. Yes. But God, a holy God Your and my friends aufhören, let's stop with the God yeah. put, putting the, the God, God of judgment against the God of love because yes it's true he is God of love and it yet remains. God's a holy God, and everyone, you and me, shall stand before the judgment seat of God. There were these young men, the gang.
1: There was this planned thing of 42 young men, these mockers.
0: You know, they mocked the great works of God. What God had done, the man of God was just ridiculous to them.
1: The, the,
0: the fact that Elijah had one gone one up to, to heaven Elijah was... They were mocking that. It was ridiculous to them. And my friends, the fact that there is so much arising within us, taking offense at this story, maybe that's true. For me, it was the case. I kept overlooking it over and over again. So much wants to resist this, especially when it's about judgment. This shows that we have so little idea about what the fear of God truly means and about His judgment. Jesus was very different.
1: Matthew 10 verse
0: 28, but rather fear Him who can destroy body and soul in hell. That's what Jesus Himself says. So that's actually something completely different to what we read here in Elijah. What are two bears compared to this word? You know, what about the love of God here? What about the love of God? My friends, the love of God is not the love of an old, senile granddad. But you know, God has kept calling Bethel over and over again, over and over calling them. He called Bethel to repent, but they refused God's saving hand.
1: They were on Mount Carmel
0: when fire fell from heaven. They saw the power of God, and yet they rejected it. But the Lord is gracious, gracious to people who call out for him. But
1: now, they kept refusing him over and over again.
0: And now judgment is upon them.
1: And that was only the beginning. You know, we
0: see how it continued with Israel. The entire land is destroyed there, led into captivity in Babylon. Now where is the love of God? You know, God does not want people to be judged.
1: He does not want the
0: mockers to be judged. He doesn't want people to go to hell. He wants us to be saved and safe with Him. And that's why He came from heaven. That's why He rent the heavens. That's why He sent His Son to go to the cross. That's why He sent Jesus, His one and only Son, to give Him for us to live you and me to live. The greatest sin, no matter who you are, and what I have done, can be washed away by the blood of Jesus. The greatest sinner can be renewed. If you're a murderer, you can be renewed. If you have abused others, you can be renewed. If you're someone who used to take drugs and led others astray to sin, you can receive new life. Even the most lost person can receive peace from God. God wants that everyone receives help help and knows the truth. But those who do not want this path, those who do not want to walk that way, even God cannot help them. And the consequence is judgment. That's the message of the Gospel. The consequence is judgment. God wants to give mercy. He wants to show his compassion. But only once we understand that, we can understand the message of the Gospel, my friends. The message of the Gospel, maybe we have kind of overlooked that part of the message, or we were led astray, but everyone will stand before the judge, before God. And without judgment, there's no justice and grace. Without judgment, the sacrifice of Jesus is made senseless without judgment and a verdict we don't have to proclaim the gospel it's only the judgment of God that makes the gospel the good news it's the foundation for God's justice Psalm 89 it says righteousness and justice
1: are
0: the foundations of your throne grace and truth are before your face O Lord What a wonderful word. He is the God of grace, of love. But I believe,
1: once we understand that
0: and respond,
1: the Lord will open a
0: door to the heart of God, or vice versa, if we do not respond so many times we experience such a distance to God and you think yeah I do believe in the living God I want to follow him but somehow I can't break through to him I want to be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bears fruit and whatever they do will succeed and the Lord says yes that's what I've planned for you Yes, this is my plan for you. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the way of mockers and who does not see where mockers sit. He is like a tree planted by streams of living water, bearing fruit in his time and the leaves don't wither and whatever they do succeeds. And now in verse
1: 5, Therefore
0: the unrighteous shall not stand in judgment, the wicked will not stand in judgment, and no sinners in the assembly of the righteous. So that's an amazing time of God. And I believe the Lord teaches His Church what it means to fear God as a holy God, but not to be afraid of Him, to know Him as a God of grace.
1: And I believe
0: that He's speaking to you personally, and we can do something about this. So let's all stand and then pray together.
1: Hallelujah. You are such a
0: wonderful God. We love you.
1: Let's simply remain in that position
0: that honors the Holy Spirit because he is the one who convicts of judgment, righteousness
1: and justice.
0: And let's honor our brothers and sisters around us, by being focused on the Lord ourselves. He is such a wonderful God, full of love and kindness.
1: He is a
0: God rich in mercies and compassion. Hallelujah.
1: We love you, Lord.
0: We worship you. And so just take a moment to respond yourself wherever you are in your personal prayer. Because everyone has received something different, has heard differently. You've received seed. And when you pray that and say yes to it, if you pray that, you water the seeds in your own heart. So respond to the Lord now. Respond to the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to water it. there is no difference between any person
1: it doesn't matter
0: what culture you come from what skin colour you have
1: where we are from what nation we are from
0: every one of us each one will stand before the judgment seat of God and if he sees Jesus within us His judgment of grace and mercy is already there.
1: That's That's the
0: message of the Gospel. Jesus has gone to the cross for you, so you and me won't have to
1: die. He died. God Himself
0: allowed His Son to die at the cross of Calvary, so you and I could live. Do you want to take hold of that afresh? Do you want to say yes to this
1: again? Do you want to take
0: hold afresh of this love and redemption of Jesus? the only thing you have to do now is to respond now saying yes Jesus here I am I take hold of the message of the gospel I take hold of your grace your love your salvation I need it infinitely and if there's anyone here in the hall just raise your hand as a sign before God that you take hold of this and also If you're watching online, via TOS TV, raise your hand, he sees your hand, he sees you.
1: And you can pray now,
0: wherever you are, saying, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you afresh. I take hold of your grace, your love.
1: I take hold of the
0: fact that you died for me. and that you have forgiven me
1: and that you have
0: given me new eternal life. I thank you, Lord, that I can be your child and I take hold of you, Jesus.
1: And Jesus says to you,
0: I am touching your hand afresh, your heart.
1: I am giving you new eternal life,
0: the life that really counts forever when you stand before the judgment seat of God. Receive His peace. Now receive His peace afresh. That's higher than all understanding. Receive it afresh. His love. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved as His child. And maybe you're here.
1: And you've been a
0: child of God God for a long time, and you say, Jobst, you know, this thing with the fear of God, God's God's holiness, many things I've been indifferent to,
1: they just flow past me,
0: I am one of those. And maybe you lived like that
1: as if there
0: was no God. These things just put you down or there's indifference in your life now. I would like to encourage you after the service, go to someone to confess it. Maybe you had a negative response to the message of judgment. Maybe you tried to just push it aside. And the, God, the Lord do says,
1: bedeutet, Do you know
0: that what it I'm means right to right me that I made you righteous by the blood of the Lamb?
1: Maybe
0: but also, maybe you're right. among those whom the Bible calls maybe mockers. Maybe this is something very hidden. Maybe you laugh at things or you despise the things that God has done against the Word of God, maybe, or the way He has moved, whether that was in little or big things. Maybe you were simply a mirror of what was going on around you. And the Lord says, Today, you can bring it all to me. Let go. And turning away from sin means living differently than before. Do you want that? And if you want that, also raise your hand and wave at me. If you say yes, that's true for me. And so simply take this time to lift it up to Jesus and pray this. He loves you. He loves you. That you would say yes, Lord. These were my words, my attitude, and I come to you now. Thank you that at the cross you forgive even the greatest sinner. That's a place of grace and healing and restoration. Here I am, Lord.
1: And now pray this
0: in your own words, in your own words before him. Father
1: in heaven, I thank you that you come to
0: meet with each one here in the service or those who are watching online. Thank you that you are touching each one
1: with the peace
0: that passes all understanding. Father, I thank you that you are transforming a minus to a plus. Thank you that you are taking your church and your people to restore it as a people that honors your holiness, that fears you but is not afraid of the living God because we love you.
1: And so, Lord, we worship you. Can I ask you, wherever you are, to raise your hand,
0: to give your love to him, your worship
1: to honor him.
0: And this is your sign. We worship you, Lord. There's such a wonderful sense of the presence of God here. Thank you for doing your work in the hearts. Thank you for touching each one. you taking each one. Thank you for your wonderful work that you're doing right now. You are a wonderful God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. We will hear the Aaronic benediction in a moment, we'll sing it and I would like to invite you after this
1: service, there
0: is a prayer team and take the opportunity to pray with them. They are experienced intercessors. Uh, there will be enough Corona distance
1: here. But we want to invite you to
0: settle this and confirm it now in your prayers. And also for you who are joining us online, come and join us in a Zoom room to pray online with us. And now let's sing and hear the ironic uh, Benediction here right now. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again in our nurse next service. Jesus is Lord. Amen.